0: Jackham, do we have a movie trailer? Did not know is that Paul Granger, who made that trailer, has also made a bloopers video, which will be released to the public at large tomorrow. (laughs) If you have a Bible, I want to invite you to turn to Galatians chapter five. We are in week three of our series, "Walk This Way." We're in Galatians chapter five. Uh, The thing that I have been asking for the larger part of the last two weeks—we did not have large gathering last Sunday. Uh, so it's been two weeks, uh, is do I really have to follow one Jonathan Chan and him making the connections between Nas and Jay-Z and the scriptures and why that is good news for us today? Uh, before before we stand for the reading of God's word, I, I want to give a couple of, uh, I want to give just like one little bit of context to what's happening here. Um, Paul has just planted his very first few churches um, a lot of them did not make it, some of them did. And he is writing a letter because there's a group of people um, that are called the Judaizers. Say the Judaizers. The Judaizers. It's alright. The, the, the Judaizers. And what they are doing is this they are they are they are Jewish Christians who are going to the churches behind Paul, and this is what they're saying. Here's the deal. If you don't follow Every single command, all 613 Jewish commands, you are not a Christian. Now, this causes all sorts of problems. This this causes problems on one front because one of the one of the laws for men um, is this little thing called circumcision, which when you're an eight year old, I mean an eight day old little infant, like that's normally when that would happen in Jewish life. If you're a 50 year old man and you're looking to cut something off. Little different. Um, So there's a lot of turmoil in these churches. And for Paul, what this is doing is it's getting at the root of the gospel itself. Why is the good news such good news? And so where we're going to pick up today is him turning after five chapters of talking about the law. So we're going to talk about the law a little bit today. But we're going to pick up at verse 13 where he's, he's starting to make a turn. And so I just, I feel like that's important context for where it is that we're going. So if you have a, if you are physically able, I want to invite you to stand for the reading of God's word today. It is not going to be on the screen. It is just going to be hopefully in your phone or in your hand as you have the written word. This will be coming from verse 13 is where we're going to start in Galatians chapter five. So you, my brothers and sisters were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature, rather serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in a single command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. ...and the like. I warn you, as I did before... ...that those who live like this... ...will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit... ...is love, joy... ...peace, patience... ...kindness, goodness... ...faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things... ...there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus... ...have crucified the sinful nature... ...with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit... Let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated and let's pray together. Let's pray. Almighty God. Would the words of our kingdom, of your kingdom, would they fall into our hearts? And would the the God who makes all things grow, would you grow it? And would there be a fruit from what is proclaimed tonight? I pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. So here's the deal. Every time we read the scriptures, there is an opportunity to discover with fresh eyes Why being a disciple of Jesus is the best news you're ever going to get. Every time. The problem... Thank you, Pastor Don. I want more of that. And there are some anointed ladies over here. You know what to do. The problem is we have heard this thing so many times, we we experience it more like a shrug of the shoulders. Or maybe, maybe your experience is a lot like mine. You grew up hearing the mildly bland, milk toast kind of decent news about Jesus, and you never heard the earth-shattering, mind-numbing, too good to be true good news of Jesus Christ. So I'm, I'm just going to tell you right off the bat where it is that we're going today, and it goes like this. I'm going to unpack this passage just a little bit, hopefully in a way that is fresh and new, not because what it is that I'm saying is fresh and new, um, but because sometimes we need to hear the same thing in a different way. But what I'm going to try to do is, because this this passage is chock full of religious jargon. So what I want to do is I want to unpack some of that. And when we're done, I'm, I'm telling you, like, this is where we're going. We are going to open up the altars today. For those of you who are unfamiliar with what an altar is, this thing here at the front where you can kneel on pillows is called an altar. What that means is you can come up and you can just like pray to Jesus and he will be with you. It's just you and God praying. You on your knees is a symbol of like, he actually is Lord. That's where we're going. Now, for people who want to respond to what Jesus is saying to them, coming to the altar and praying with God is a symbol of wanting to be on a journey with Jesus. That could mean when you come to the altar that that is your first time meeting him or your thousandth time meeting him. Wherever you are tonight with Jesus, I am going to ask you to make a spiritual decision. So I'm going to ask you to go to God with this simple question. We're going to loop all the way back around at the end, and this is the question. Father, dot, 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 that's also called an ellipsis. Father, what's next? So if you want to write down just one thing, it is those three words, Father, what's next? Are you ready? All right, so, so let's unpack what's going on here in this passage. In Ephesians chapter 2, in Ephesians chapter 2, Paul tells the church that every single person, no exclusions, every single person, that God has had a dream about them since before time began. Since before anything existed, there is a picture in God's mind about you about what you would be like, about what you would look like, about what you would look like most alive, and he set things aside for you to do that no one before or after could do. It was only and ever could be you. There has been a dream in God's mind about you. There is a person you were meant to be, and there are things that you were meant to do. And get this, when everything broke in this world, including you, When everything broke, God refused to give up on that dream. He refused it. He had the choice, and he refused to give up on that dream. He was so committed to this dream about you, about his people, about the whole of the world, the whole of the universe, and how it was broken, and he would put it back together, that he was willing to sacrifice himself to make that dream possible. That's where we're starting tonight. Guys, sometimes you wake up in the middle of the night. There, 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 are, there are times where you can't get to sleep. Sometimes you actually catch yourself daydreaming. Sometimes it, 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 you experience it like a punch in the stomach. You find this gnawing feeling that who you are right now is not who you were meant to be. You find yourself asking the question, is this it. Like, am I always going to be this way? Like, are, are things in my life always going to be this way? And the answer is no. There is so much more. That ache that you have to be who God created you to be, it is real. And Jesus didn't just come to save you and to hand you your hand you your own personalized get out of hell free card. He didn't just come to give you fire insurance so that one day, if you just grit your teeth and bear it long enough now, things will get better. He came to unleash his power inside of you so you can start being that person right here, right now, today. There is a dream that God has had of you. That no one else could live into but you. C.S. Lewis put it this way. He said, the longer I'm a Christian, the more I feel like myself. This is not a narcissistic. This isn't a self-oriented, like, aren't I just this wonderful, unique snowflake? This is not your dream of you. Who's at the center of this story? God. Whose dream is it of you? the creator's dream. It's not your dream of you. It's God's dream of you because your dream of you would suck (laughs) and it would be awful. I have lived that dream myself. And I have to tell you, I never want to go back. The good news of Jesus is that he has a better dream of me than I could ever dream for myself. So what I want to do is, thank you, what I want to do is set up the scene of this passage. This is, because this is what's hard about Galatians chapter 5. In Paul's mind, he is writing with something in his head that he can clearly see that we can't see. Because we are, we, like t- like 2,000 years later, we have, the way that we've been shaped by culture, the way that we understand the world, things are different. Because he's in a tradition that honors certain things, that understands certain things that we don't get. In his mind, what he's writing about are almost like physical places, like the Robinson is a physical place, like the United States is a physical place, like Wakanda is almost a physical place. That's not the last Wakanda reference either. In, in, in his mind, there's a story that is unfolding in very real places. And you can't understand what he's saying unless you get that. It's like these are places that people live in. So we're going to unpack that just a little. So I'm going to. I'm going to set the scene, and we're going to play it out a little. There are three words in that passage that we just read, Galatians 5, 13 through 26. There are three words that Paul uses a number of times in this text that we read that are important to setting up how he understands what it means to be human. Paul is, Paul is trying to get at what is it like to be human and to be human in Christ Jesus. There are three words, law, spirit, and flesh. Law, spirit, and flesh, which can also be best understood for us as religious jargon. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying like, if you grew up in the church, it's in one year and out the other. And if you didn't grow up in the church, you have no idea what I'm talking about. So we're going to have to unpack that just a little. So what, what I want to do, you can see right here that we've got this, this road that's mapped out right here in blue tape and what I need is a volunteer. Destiny, thank you. Thank you, Destiny Chu. Can I get a big hand for Destiny? So I, I want you to imagine that this is where we're starting, right here at this. I mean, let's not call this a podium. That would be very charitable. At the very end of like the journey that you are on with Jesus alive inside of you is God's dream of you. That's where we're all trying to go, not because we can do it, but because that is where God is leading us. So, Destiny, just just hold that for a second. You're going to love this, Destiny. Come on. You're going to sit right there for like the rest of the time. Yeah. So everyone see this? I mean, like, except for these last two rows. This is what it says: God's dream of you, God's dream of you. Very good. This is this is the journey that we're on, that Jesus is leading us towards. God's dream of you. I've got to buy some time. Okay. So here you are. You're a child of God. You're beloved. You're on the journey to become who God originally created you to be. This is what Jesus wants for you. Now, in in there, there's this is. I say famous book, it is famous, but it's, it, more copies have been sold of this book than any other book other than the Bible, and it's called Pilgrim's Progress. It helps that it's one of the oldest books as well. So it had some lead time on Harry Potter. But there's a scene that's set up to help the reader understand what Paul is talking about in Galatians chapter five as we're trying to go towards God's dream of you and life with him for all of eternity. And so the, the scene that he sets up, um, it are, let's see, it's as if there's this road to this place, the destination has God ha, God has for you, but to the left of you and to the right of you are two lions. There we go, two lions that are ready to maul you at any moment. And on, on one of those lions is called the law. And one of those lions is called flesh. And if you go a little too much to the left, or a little too much to the right, they will eat you. They will take you out. Now, You need to go through them, but they are right there waiting to take you out. But here's the problem words like flesh and words like law may not mean a lot to us anymore here in the 21st century. So, what I want to do is, I want us to imagine what these things mean to Paul. And the easiest way to understand it is to actually label them as places. So, the, the first place, can I get a volunteer who will also be sitting for a while? Come on up, Alan. Let's give Alan a hand. Uh, you're going to be over here. Just Sit right there on the stage. We're going to call this place Try Harder Island. Try Harder Island. For the purposes of Try Harder Island, you get to be Try Harder Island. All right? You are the land of Try Harder Island. Am I in the land right now? No. Am I in the land now? Sort of. Yes. All right. So Alan is going to be our person holding the sign. Now, because this is a real place, it has a chant. That's right. And so the chant goes something like this. It's not hard. Try harder. Try harder. Try harder. Try a try little more. Try Come on. Pretend like it's the choir. Stop. All right. So we got Try Harder Island over here, represented by this group. I need one other volunteer. Yes, Aaron Rose. Or oh, wait. May Aaron, you're a staff. No, no, no. Who is it? Come on. Garland. Let's do this, Garland. Yours is a little longer. You also get to see my horrible handwriting. If it feels good, do it city. Go ahead and just go ahead and hop right up on that stage. If it feels good, do it, city. It doesn't exactly roll off the tongue. Oh, well. I have some good news, though. It also has a chant. All right. So, hold on. We're, this is going to try to be to the chant of we will, we will rock you. Okay. If it feels good, feels good, do it, do it. If it feels good, feels good, do it, do it. If it feels so I want you to imagine I want you yeah. so we have the city of It Feels Good, do it, and we have the island. Very good, yes. Okay. This could go off the rails quickly. I want you to imagine that each of these are very distinct cultures. Because places actually have very distinct cultures, just like someone from another country would have a really distinct culture. So I want you to think about Wakanda for a moment. They have their own language. They have their own chant. What's their chant? Thank you. They have their own traditions. How do they decide who's going to be king? There's a challenger. There could be a blood challenge. like all sorts of... They have their own cultural markers. There's a, there's a definitely a Wakandan look, and then there's me. <laughs> the same is true, the same is true of Try Harder Island. The same is true of Try Harder Island, and if it feels good, do it. So let me, I want to talk a little about, about the culture of Try Harder Island first. Because what, what it is essentially saying is that there are, there's right behavior, and there's a right way of thinking. And if you don't do all of the right things, and if you don't think the right way, for instance, you're not woke enough, you're off the island. And P.S., I get to decide who's off the island. Because I, I, I mean, like, I get to decide that. I don't mean I, Doug, the pastor. I mean, like, every single person on the island gets to decide, are you, have you earned it enough to be on the island? And everything to keep all of the rules, whether it's church rules or political rules or societal rules or anything else on Try Harder Island is in your own power. So let's talk about what that would produce in terms of culture, shall we? Go to the next slide. I try harder in my own power. Then I'm going to fatigue, because it's really hard to do this on my own. Then I'm going to give up, and then I'm going to feel guilty for giving up, and then what am I going to do? I'm going to do it again. I'm going to try harder. I'm going to fatigue. I'm going to give up, and then what am I going to do? I feel guilty. I'm going to do it again. Rinse and repeat over and over. It is a cycle that will destroy your soul. It is about earning your way to being okay through right behavior, right thinking. I want to know that I'm accepted. I want to know that I'm loved. I want to know that I'm okay, that I'm good, and I will do it through earning it. It is mine to earn. In the parable of the prodigal, this is the older son who refuses to go into the party. That is what defines the older son. And just so like are some cultural markers for all cultures— The cultural markers of just try harder island is this: the judgmental, they're cold-hearted, they're morally superior, and they are joyless. I.e., most people's experience of the church. That's right, Shekinah. We're going there. (laughs) That's what that is what Try Harder Island looks like and feels like. Let's talk a little bit. About if it feels good, do it, can I get a chant feels good, feels good, do it, do it all right, you might be saying to yourself, like what are some cultural markers? well, like that chant if it feels good, just do it. If it feels good it couldn't be wrong. So what are markers of like if, if there's if there are some markers over here like they 're joyless they're morally superior they're judgmental. what are some of the markers well, let's read some of the markers, starting with verse. 19 of galatians chapter 5 the acts of the sinful nature i.e if it feels good do it city are obvious sexual morality impurity debauchery idolatry witchcraft hatred discord jealousy fits of great on and on and on and on. like there's a long list and it is not an exhaustive list or an exclusive list there's more stuff that we could add to that particular list and here here is a here here's a defining marker of like, if it feels good, do it, city. It is all of those things on that list and that we didn't say. They're all a way to deal with the fact that there's a gnawing sense that things are not okay. That things are not right and that I am not okay. That I am not who I'm supposed to be. So this is what we do. We try to distract ourselves and we try to numb ourselves from that pain and that understanding. What Paul is saying, this is, this is really, like, are you, like, if you're writing notes, this is one. What Paul is saying is that regardless of whether you are from Tri-Harder Island, if you were born in this place, or if you were born in this place, there is a common denominator. It does not matter where you're from. They all end up in the same place. It's called death. They both kill you. They just do it in different ways. One kills you from turning your heart of flesh into stone. The other kills you by inviting you to drink poison and telling you that it's ecstasy. They both kill you. The answer of like, okay, so what what do we do? (laughs) There's, you see destiny over there? We might have forgotten about destiny. God's dream of you. And there's a line over here. There's a line over here. How do I get from here to there? Like, what, what do I actually do? The answer is actually the third place that Paul talks about, which we are going to call Holy Spirit Road. Mm-hmm. In this, So l- let's, let's look at the picture. Do we have a, do we have a picture of the, just the two? I can't remember. Just Just the two lions. The only way through the lions is on this very narrow road because actually the lions are chained up. You just can't see it. And prior to meeting Jesus, you had no way of seeing the road because all you had were your own eyes. But now you actually have access to the eyes of Jesus Christ himself. The cultural markers, you might be saying to yourself, self, we've talked about cultural markers here. We've talked about cultural markers here. What are the cultural markers of Holy Spirit Road? Well, let's return to the text, shall we? But the markers, verse 22, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there are no rules against this. Now, some of us, before meeting Jesus, we claimed Try Hard Island is home. Like, that's what we claimed as home. And you know who Try Hard Island hates more than anyone else in the world? You're paying attention. They hate people from If It Feels Good, Do It City. Now, some people, some people, where they were born and the place that they claim is home was If It Feels Good, Do It City. Do you know who they despise more than anyone else? Try Hard Island. Exactly, Aisha. They hate them more than anything else. I mean, anything else. One of the big things that Paul is trying to get us to address is this. What place do you call home? Do you call Try Harder Island home? Do you call, it feels to, if it feels good, do it city home? Or do you call the Holy Spirit Road home? The first thing that Paul is going after is which place do you call home? And for a Christian, there is only one answer. There aren't like, well, it's a shade of... There, this is one of these cases where there's actually not, like there isn't a nuance or There's one answer. It's the Holy Spirit road that would ultimately lead us to God's dream of you, a dream that he was unwilling to sacrifice unless it cost him his own life. He was willing to sacrifice so he could live, you could live into that dream. Now, the second thing that Paul is trying to get after is this, it's the problems that we have with visiting these other places. We might call the Holy Spirit Road our home, but every once in a while, we like to Mardi Gras it up, and if it feels good, we should do it city. And every once in a while, we do like to feel better about ourselves. Like, not for those people, but we like to feel better But through like harsh discipline and earning behavior over here on Try Harder Island. Guys, it is just time that we were honest about how desperate we need God's grace in our life. We do not just need His grace to get us on the road, pointed in that direction. We need it when we veer off the road because we veer off all the time. All the time. So let me, let me play out in real time what this happens. Pastor Don was like, let's shine some bright light. So we're going to shine some bright light, shall we? Let, like, because we, we're, we're good talking about the gift of grace, about how it raised a dead person, me, to life and put me on this road. But let's talk about like, why grace is actually scandalous. It looks like this. If you spend a bunch of time on Try Harder Island, even when you're a Christian, that cycle of trying harder, burnout, and guilt is going to spit you out. And when it does, you're going to be numb. And what do you do? Well, we're human beings, so we are creatures of overreaction. There's a right answer to that, and it is, I I should reach out to the Holy Spirit and Get back on Holy Spirit Road. because Let's put a pin in that for one second. This is important to hear. You are a Christian from Holy Spirit Road. Even if you are visiting Tri-Harder Island, you are still a Christian from Holy Spirit Road. You just happen to be visiting. And you might be taking on some of the culture. And so what Paul is getting at in this passage is not whether or not like you are this thing or that thing. He's like, you look like the wrong culture. Why do you look like you're from Try Harder Island or if it's feel good, do it city when you are from Holy Spirit Road? But here I am, a Christian. I'm visiting over here. I wanted to earn my salvation for a little while. I wanted to feel holy. I wanted to feel pleasing unto the Lord by what it is that I could do and what it is that I could earn and to proclaim it loudly from the rooftop so everyone could see how holy and good that I am, except I get sucked into that cycle. I give up. I burn out. And I do that a number of times. And eventually, I'm like, I'm not doing this again. I'm out. Tapping out. We are creatures of overreaction. So rather than being like, well, look, here's Holy Spirit Road. I could, God's dream of you. Is that what I do? Heck no. I'm like, you know who likes to have a good time? If it feels good, do it, city. I'm in. And we're all in. This is my story. And I'm going to be like, it's my story today. It is my story of how I came to faith, but I still have cycles of this. Because I am human, I so desperately need the grace of God in my life. It is still playing out. Ask my wife. Ask our elders. They're getting a special dose of me right now. We go to the other side and jump into, if it feels good, do it, city. But do you know what happens then? We just make really, really, really bad decisions. And if you just give it enough time, you are going to burn your life to the ground and torch your most important relationships. And then you'll feel super guilty. Why? Because you should. You just torched your life to the ground and you hurt everyone that you know. And and then you're like, oh gosh, I feel so bad. What should I do? What's up, Rob? Let's try harder together. And we're, we'll do the same. We'll just, it's, each of these has a cycle. This has a cycle. And then there's this giant cycle of sin that connects them all together. That is how messed up things are. That is how messed up you are and how messed up I am. We don't need Jesus just to save us once from the country that we were born into, we need the power of Jesus to break the cycle of going back over and over and over again. Because we might now call the Holy Spirit Road our home, we still visit a lot of other countries. So here's the million-dollar question. How do I break that cycle? How do I break it? Well, the good news for us is we have a text. Let's look at verses 16 and 25, and this is what it says. Verse 16, so I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Verse 25, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep and step with the Spirit. So here's this, this road that we're walking on. We're trying to get closer to God's dream of you, and it feels like a straight line from here to destiny, right? Destiny. Boom! That's it. There are these two lions that are on each side of us waiting to take us down, waiting to devour us, and we don't stay on the road. We get lost. The issue is that most of us treat... this is Do I have it with me? I think I do. Most of us treat walking in the Spirit like a phone call. And it goes like this. I wake up, hypothetically I take a shower, Hypothetically, I shave. Hypothetically, I take my kids to school. They're off. I pick up the phone. Hey, God, it is I. Here I am. Hey, I am I am looking to move towards destiny today. I'm looking to live more fully into God's dream of me. Can you give me the directions for today? Okay, I'm writing that down. I'm writing that down. Yep, 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 yep. All right, good talk, God. I'll see you tomorrow. Click. And then the rest of the day, I might have a couple of marching orders, but it's my power for the rest of the day. Now, that's bad enough, right? Here's the problem. This ain't a straight line. Like, I don't know if you noticed the kids walking out, but they were veering all over the place because this line veers all over over the place. What happens? Like on Friday, Friday, Friday or Saturday, we're driving back from Boston. I mean, it's not like a straight shot, but it's, it's, it's go down the Eastern Seaboard kind of thing. What happens if like there's construction or if there's an accident or if there's all these unforeseen things that I cannot see and I am stuck there. And next thing you know, I'm on like the New Jersey Turnpike at one of those Awful rest stops, and they told me there's a Starbucks, but it was actually like a kiosk. And like I'm crying in my hands, this did not happen. But th- that that is what life is actually like. We thought it was going to be a straight shot down the Eastern Seaboard, but I got distracted. I got hungry. I needed caffeine. There was a Someone got pulled over. Everyone has got like rubbernecking. I mean, like there's an accident. There's a road closed. Thing after thing after thing after thing after thing. It's great that I started the day with a marching plan. It's less great that I tried to walk that marching plan out with my own power. It's even worse when I realize that 20 minutes in, that plan is shot. Walking in the spirit is a lot more like the Ways app. If you are unfamiliar with the Waze app, become familiar. It, it goes something like this. Instead of using like Google Maps or using the other one, what, what Waze does is you put in your direction, like here's where I'm going, and as things come up, it redirects you. The worst thing that you could do using the Waze app is to put in your direction and then hit End. You keep it up the entire time. You don't end the call. You don't end the connection with ways. It's, hey, we're starting the journey today. I'm here. I'm yours. I'm alive. I'm in the land of the living. Let's go. And the Lord directs me with that app for the rest of the day. It's always on. It's always course correcting. It's pressing go at the beginning of each day, but having ears to hear where we are being directed for the rest of the day. Like this is why just practically as a community, we spend so much time pressing down the practical experience of learning how to hear from God. Why? Because of this. You can't possibly not get mauled by the lions if you can't do what Jesus says in John 5, 19. I only do. This is Jesus talking. I only do what I see the Father doing. So let me just give you one very practical piece of content that has just been huge for me when we're looking to, as we start to look towards our response time. If you're going into a meeting, if you're going into your car, if you're going into reading the Bible, if you're going into a prayer time, if you're going into time with your kids, if you're going to make dinner, if you're going to sleep, if you, like, what, wherever it is that you're going, it's a very simple question that we started with tonight. Father, What's next? Like, I don't know what the next 20 minutes look like. There could be an accident. I just need the next step. I need to have ears that can hear and eyes that can see what it is that the Father is doing. If I don't, I will get mauled by the lions. And every day, I will become less and less the person that God created me to be. I'm going to invite the uh, the band to come up and the choir. I started this time by saying that like I actually want you to make a spiritual decision tonight. The good news of Jesus, the good news of Jesus, isn't just that He saved you so that you could be on the journey to become who He originally created you to be. It's that He keeps saving you from all the different ways that we choose to leave the journey. All the different ways in which the lions maul us, no matter how close we get to destiny. Destiny, thank you for your help. All those different ways. No matter where we find ourselves, he can ways us back into the journey. Like, you might be camped out in Tri-Harder Island for five years. It doesn't matter, because he can find you. He never left you. The scriptures simply say, like, if you cry out to me, I'm there. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. And immediately, the Holy Spirit can redirect you back to the path. That doesn't mean that there wasn't pain, and that there won't be consequences. There will be. But that doesn't matter that he has given up on his dream. He is never going to give up on that dream. The good news of Jesus is that no matter how many times... You've run through the ringer of the cycles of these two places over and over and over. No matter how many times you've jumped from one place to the next to the next, Jesus has the power to break the cycle. Will you come and meet the one who is the cycle breaker tonight? His name is Jesus. And whether you are going to meet him for the first time tonight or for the thousandth time tonight, he is waiting for you. So it's real simple tonight. This is all we're going to do. I'm going to ask our elders and our prayer team if they'll come up. We've got people who will pray for us at the walls. We're also going to open up our altars right here. It's a very simple thing. You're just going to ask God, Father, what's next? Brothers and sisters of Easton Fellowship, I am asking you to make a spiritual decision tonight. What is next? I don't know what that next thing is. But I'm asking that whatever it is that the Father says to you, that you would take that next step. Our altars are going to be open. If you just want to spend time kneeling and praying with Jesus, they're open to you. If you want to receive prayer, if you if you feel like there's something specific that you want prayer for, our prayer team is going to be here to pray for you. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, would you would your news? That freedom is here for us. With that well up within us. With the freedom to be who you have created us to be well up within us. With with whatever it is that the Father wants to say tonight. Would it be crystal clear? Lord, would you shine the bright lights of your holy love in our hearts tonight? In Jesus' name. Amen.